Hello and welcome to The Door to Law. My name is Donya and today I am joined by Ahmed Are, who is one of the co-founders of Clara Technologies. Clara is a legal tech startup that has adopted a SaaS platform to automate and digitize the startup legal experience. Ahmed, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. So let's get straight into it and dive into legal tech. Yeah. In the past decade or so, the meaning of legal tech has changed and adopted a different meaning. Mm -hmm. How would you define legal tech today? Um, I'd probably put it in two buckets. The first bucket would be technology that helps lawyers themselves, whether that's at law firms or in-house departments, uh, operate internally and how they deliver services to clients. And then the second bucket would be uh, technology that delivers legal services directly to the end consumer, to the client, uh, you know, services that would have otherwise been delivered by lawyers being delivered by the tech. Okay. Uh, now we've established what legal tech means, I want to kind of discuss more about the relationship between the legal industry and technology, which you, you've touched upon sure. there. So before you started your entrepreneurial journey, you worked at a multinational law firm. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you're familiar with the fact that law firms generally have been slightly slow um, to adopt kind of technology. Um, but having said that, um, many are realizing now they need to embrace innovation to remain competitive. Yep. The risk is that with a plethora of tools now available in the market, that law firms may not know which technology to opt for, or may even potentially invest in technology purely for the sake of it. Yep. In your opinion, how can law firms avoid that risk and what should they be focusing on? Yeah, I mean, I think you touched upon it there. I think the most important decision that any law firm is going to come to is the build or buy decision, right? I mean, am I going to spend the resources building something bespoke for myself, hire my own developers, um, uh, in-house the development, or am I going to buy something off the shelf, uh, potentially uh, with a bit of white labeling, a little bit of customization, or exactly as is. And it's a big decision either way. Um, uh, and, and I think before they approach that decision, the key really is research. Research, scoping out your requirements. You can't spend enough time really figuring out internally what it is you're trying to achieve. Is it mm. cost savings? Is it efficiency? Um, are you trying to, to uh, do more with uh, you know, less uh, staff? Uh, or actually, is it driven by client demand? You know, often, legal technology adoption has been driven by client demand. People think law firms are doing it to save money, which you know, they might do as well. But as you said, they're quite hesitant to change and they're, they're typically forced into that change in a way by their clients saying, you know, this is what we're seeing out there. Why aren't you doing this? Or what are you to explain to me how you're using legal technology to deliver a better service for me or to deliver better value for me? So I think understanding the end goal, uh, mapping out those objectives, doing a lot of research. There are a lot of tools out there, as you said, um, and, and some of them are sometimes misused or put in a box that they're not meant to mm -hmm. be in. Uh, and, and then make the decision. So plan effectively and then implement it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in spite of the challenges that law firms face and their tendency to cling to precedent, as we've discussed, there has nevertheless been significant progress um, with respect to the role that technology plays in the legal industry. Yeah. How do you think technology is helping to shape the legal industry today? Um, I think by actually helping to shape them. Uh, if, you, if you look at law firms, uh, your typical law firm today versus 10 years ago, mm. um, on average, they're a lot smaller. Even the largest law firms in the world are you know, a fifth, a quarter smaller than they were 10 years ago. There's less support staff. 
uh, there are less uh, junior uh, uh, lawyers um, and that's uh, been as a result of technology but also a result of changing their business models. There's a lot of um, outsourcing to external parties to do certain elements uh, that were typically done in-house and there's a lot of quasi-outsourcing where within the firm you have outsourced you know, legal centers, for example, in a specific geography, whereas historically there's been a replication of functions in every office yeah. because of technology, because of remote working, you know, because you can have video conferencing quite easily these days, um, uh, they, they tend to centralize a lot of these functions. Uh, so I, personally, I think the biggest impact legal tech has had in the last 10 years, and it's going to be different in the coming 10 years, but in the last sure. 10 years was that low-hanging fruit of automation, centralization, outsourcing, and, and, and removing a lot of the functions that needed basically lots of bodies in lots of different offices. So it's lit, quite literally shaped the industry by shaping it into a smaller size. Okay, and how is Clara in particular contributing to that shift in the legal industry? Can you tell us more about the business concept and what the platform aims to achieve? Sure, sure. So uh, a couple of minutes about, about the platform itself. So as you said, it is a digital platform that's aimed at startups, uh, but also their investors and their service providers, including lawyers. Um, so from the, the startups perspective, it, al it allows them to digitize their information as a digital onboarding process. It maps out uh, their legal information, creates corporate structure charts, stakeholder maps. So that's like employees are here, note holders are here. Where does the IP sit? Where are, they, who are the investors? Um, it builds their cap table. Um, it it's like creates, a visual depiction. Yeah, a visual depiction of the information, absolutely. And you can drill, th drill through from that into any of the legal contracts that underlie that depiction. Um, it also does an automated legal health check, just with some very high-level red, amber, green issues on, on, on the startup, um, and gives them a, a legal readiness, investability, Clara score. Um, it also allows them to uh, build contracts using our own automation tech just by answering a few simple questions. So typical contracts that a startup will need, whether it's an investment contract like a safe or a convertible note, it could be a co-founder's term sheet, an IP assignment agreement, a share incentive plan suite, and, and, and many others. And they can sign them right on the platform using our DocuSign integration, and then that information gets um, uploaded directly onto the platform. So the map is updated, you know, the IP map might be updated. If there was a red issue that the IP wasn't assigned correctly, that will be fixed, etc. Um, and then finally, it allows them to incorporate companies, their holding companies, in some of the key jurisdictions uh, for, for, for startup holding companies. The current roadmap includes uh, Abu Dhabi Global Market, uh, Cayman, uh, Delaware, and Singapore. From the investor's perspective, they use it for portfolio management, so they can have all the companies that they're invested in there in a bird's eye view. They can drill down to it. Uh, they can do DD on potential investments. You know, once the company is onboarded, themselves and their lawyers can go on there. Uh, look at the information, ask questions, ask for additional information. Um, and then finally, we can actually white label their own contracts onto the system to allow them to use our automation to sign their contracts with the startups. So for example, a VC might have its own style of safe. Once it's done that DD process through Clara, um, it can sign its type of safe with its startup. Um, and then for the service providers, they can use Clara to access clients. So clients, uh, when they need any service, valuation service, a legal service, they want to register their IP, they want to incorporate a company, as I said, um, they can reach out through the platform and then the service provider can do the engagement, they can do the, send their proposal, get the KYC done, um, uh, deliver the actual service on there. Um, and, and essentially engage on the client uh, with the client through through the platform. 
so those are kind of the three uh, user journeys, I would say, for, for Clara. Um, and how, how is this kind of impacting uh, delivery of services, delivery of legal services to startups? Well, for the lawyers, it reduces the time considerably that they have to spend and hence the resources and staffing mm. for DDing a company, for example, uh, or, or even doing the um, uh, onboarding and KYC, all the back and forth and the email, everything is digitized on there. Uh, so really it just saves a lot of time, uh, yeah. which means that you can deliver the service at much lower prices and still do it profitably. So I'm sitting here listening to you talk about the platform and I'm super impressed, but I should probably disclose at this point that I do work at Clara, so I'm very familiar with the platform and what it's aiming to achieve. I think it's a fantastic concept um, and hopefully, you know, we'll go on to do great things. Now, one of the key legal trends, and you touched upon it earlier, was mm -hmm. document automa automation. And it's something I know that, that Clara is, is, is doing itself. Yeah. Do you ever envisage a day where lawyers will be replaced by artificial intelligence? Um, yeah, we get asked that question a lot. Actually. I know, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my answer would be, I mean, never say never, but, but not anytime soon, not in the foreseeable future. Um, you know, it, it, the, the famous example from the past is that you know, Excel didn't replace the accountants, right? It just changed their job. I think the exact, the exact same thing goes for legal tech. So there's there are going to be significant impacts, but it's not that you won't need lawyers anymore. It's just that they'll be doing different things. Um, I think you, you're not going to need junior lawyers anywhere near as much as you have in the last mm. 10, 20 years. Interesting. Um, but senior lawyering, moving up that value chain, that's that's always going to be required. Um, so so the, the impact isn't going to be lawyers disappearing, but it will be junior roles disappearing. You know, you're going to be moving away from the famous pyramid to the rocket, where it's much more one-to-one -one in terms of junior support staff to, to kind of senior staff, uh, almost going back to the days of apprentice, apprenticeships, right? So the junior is not sitting in a cave doing some photocopying or document review mm. for years and waiting to move up because all that's been automated away. They have to, from day one, be supporting uh, you know, senior lawyers doing senior lawyer type tasks, right? Sure. Um, so, so, so yeah, it, it will it will kill a few jobs, but at the bottom of the chain and, and certainly not the industry. So for any junior lawyers or aspiring lawyers watching this, they may be panicking slightly now. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them, I think, these days yes. in the digital kind of era um, to build specific skills that will continue to allow them to be relevant in the future. Yeah. What kind of skills do you think they should be focusing on exactly? Uh, well, first of all, if, if they're ever planning on learning a language, they should make it a programming language. Right? I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to learn to code from scratch or anything like that, but it's definitely useful to have an idea of that world and how it works. Lawyers are actually in a pretty good place because you know, if you look at our drafting, the way we think, the verbal reasoning that we kind of use in our day-to-day -day, uh, uh, jobs, it's a sort of coding, right? It's a, it's a kind of logical, verbal logical coding, the way we work with clauses and sub-clauses and sub-sub-clauses and how they interact and how we pull in defined terms. Yeah. So we're a much better place than a lot of other industries, but we just need to um, expand that to kind of more computer-style logic just so that they can understand the art of the possible when they're going through their day. And this is kind of how Clara was born. We're going through our day, we're all lawyers, and we're thinking, well, how can I change this? Can this be, is it even something that can be digitized or automated? What are the parts that you know are not going to be automated away, but we need to do something else with them? Um, so I think that would be, be one. Two, 
Um, going back to my point about having to do senior tasks right off the bat, I would say get involved with BD mm. a lot sooner in your career and do it a lot more often. Um, as I said, the days of being locked away are, are over. Uh, yeah, so, sure. and, and three, you get as much experience as you can wherever you can. Uh, experience is going to be an increasingly rare commodity because those roles are disappearing. Technology is going to be great. It's going to allow lawyers to basically be digital nomads. You know, later on in their career, they can live anywhere in the world if they want to and have a practice and kind of monetize their, their experience and their expertise. But to get to that position, they need the, they need the experience. So get the experience, make sure you do a lot of BD, build your network out and just have an idea of the uh, you know, digital world and how it works. So the role of a lawyer is not dead yet. Not <laughs> There's quite. still hope. Yeah. Ahmed, thank you very much for joining. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Thank you very much.